Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Advent. Amen. It's an interesting, interesting season. Like, we're experts now at Advent. We've been doing it for some of us our entire life. Uh, those of us who were a little older when we moved into the liturgical world, uh, only two or three decades. <laughs> That's plenty. We know what this is all about, right? Don't we? I'm going to talk about that a little because, as I was saying when we first started, it's like something is different right now. We just had Thanksgiving. Uh, we've rejoiced. I think that uh, almost everybody I know, the football went their way to great rejoicing. <laughs> Father Ed always wants to argue that this star should look like the Cowboys star. I keep saying no. <laughs> Uh, but it's, it's, uh, there's something in the air that we want to pay attention to. And one of the things that we know is that, uh, because we're such grand experts, is that, is that Advent is a semi-penitential season in that it's, it's a time for us to take stock, right? We just finished Thanksgiving. Thank God for all of the good things he's given us this year. We gather with friends and family. And now we enter into Advent, and it's like, um, what could I do better what have I done wrong? How am I going to measure that? There's some thought that has to go into that idea. And all of this is happening in a context when the, uh, the whole world is rejoicing. Yay, Christmas is coming. It's like Christmas is here. We celebrate Christmas from now until Christmas and the world. And the day after Christmas, uh, day after Christmas is a great day to buy everything half price, <laughs> all your Christmas stuff for next year, because it's over. It's over. The trees are on the street. It's over. Yeah, we know we got 12 days of celebration going on. And so there's this, this paradox, paradox, dichotomy. I don't know. I don't know what those words mean. <laughs> there's, there's this not fitting together thing happening between the idea of us being semi-penitential. It's not Lent, but it's kind of like Lent. Um, and and living in a world that is rejoicing. And, and the crazy thing is, the whole world is rejoicing because Jesus is coming. <laughs> I don't care whether they know it or not. And I'm... I'm uh, I'm kind of wanting to encourage them to do that. It's like you cannot spend every year rejoicing that Jesus is coming and not at some point figure it out. And so I want to encourage the world to celebrate right now. But what about me? You know, I'm, I got to wear my hair shirt and throw ashes in my head and repent. And I'm, I'm going to say, yeah, sure, if that's what God's called you to do, go for it. But I don't think that's the story we're looking here uh, in this idea of, of Advent. Um, when, we look at the, when we look at the readings today, and I'm going to kind of look at those a little bit, the, the message is get ready. Get ready. Prepare yourself. Uh, in the days of Noah, as in the days of Noah, people didn't know. But what, what was it that we know about Noah? You could describe this as Noah. One of the things that is said in, in Genesis about him is that he was a man who was wise in his generation. 
We want to be like that. We want to have wisdom. God gives us wisdom. We want to walk in that wisdom. And so he prepared for the flood that was coming. And so it, it didn't take him by surprise because he was prepared. And we want to be wise like Noah, and we want to prepare. So in this season, we want to prepare. We want to prepare right now because we're going to celebrate this Christmas day is a day of great rejoicing. Because our God has come to be with us, Emmanuel. And not only with us, but he is going to intervene on our behalf that we might be rescued from sin and death and enter into the joyous life with him for eternity starting now. Right? So we want to be prepared for that celebration. And we're thankful for that because what that means is that Good Friday is coming. That's why he came. And Good Friday will be here, and he will, we will remember his dying for our sins, and then on Easter he will raise from the dead. That means that we, too, will be raised to new life. And these are all these things that have happened that we might right now rejoice that Christmas is coming. So what do you do when you have a big celebration that's coming? Well, you get ready. You know, (laughs) you're going to the big dance. You get ready for the big dance. You clean yourself up. You know, Uh, I might shave. (laughs) Spiritually, there's things we can do too. And I want to talk about this and just kind of briefly, right? Because I want to talk about reconciliation or what we do when we go into reconciliation, when we go to confession, when we go to a priest and we say, Forgive me, Father. No, we don't say that. You know what we say? Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It's one of the most ridiculous statements I can think of, but I say it loud and proud. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. (laughs) Yeah, bless me, like I need absolution. That's the blessing. What I have seen in life is that over time you start out young and happy with all the potential in the world before you. You can be anything. You can do anything. It's just a matter of finding your direction and investing your life in it. And then you go along and you make terrible mistakes. Sometimes you're just a bad sinner. Sometimes you're just embarrassed. (laughs) I've tried to figure this out, right? You know, it's like, oh, God, I repent of my sins. But, you know, this wasn't really a sin, but I'm so embarrassed. There's shame and there's guilt and there's the consequences that we, we suffer because we're not perfect. We're foolish or we behave in foolish ways. And we, we want to stop doing that. And we want to stop carrying around this baggage of, oh, yeah, I remember that time I was really made a fool of myself. I remember that time I really sinned badly. Uh, I, I really have all these consequences in my life. And it makes you old, carrying that weight. And so you go to the priest and you say, I have this bag of shame and guilt and consequences, and I'm tired of carrying this around all the time. And the priest says, all your sins are forgiven. Go and pray for me a sinner. And you can leave that bag at the foot of the cross and walk away. And what that means is that there is this wide open potential of what what you can become because Christ in you 
opens up potential for what you can be. And all of that baggage from sin and guilt is gone. It's like you're young again. (laughs) Go to confession so that you may be young again. And if you're young again in Advent, what does that make you do? It gets excitement in you for Santa. (laughs) And how easy is that? Because he's on TV. Uh, So I'm, I'm just throwing that out there for you to consider. That as we know, because we are liturgically attuned, that this is a season for us to take stock and to rid our our life of the uh, baggage of shame and guilt and that it's not it's not so that we may hang our head it's so that we may lift our head and enjoy this life and be set free and to be young so i want to uh I want to talk about this New Testament lesson that we had this morning just a little bit too as we go forward. And the um, in this New Testament, it talks about at the beginning of this reading, and where I want to get to is the armor of light, right? But it starts out by saying, love fulfills all of the law. And this is important to us as we begin Advent. Love fulfills all of the law. And I've shared this, I think about this a lot, and and one of the challenges that we have in this life is that the world out there, outside of the church, doesn't know what love is. And they are bad at it. Uh, They get it wrong, and it's kind of embarrassing. Um, They have tangled up the whole idea of love with romance and everything that follows after that. But that's that's a different kind of love that fits within this bigger category. The greatest example of love, I think I think it was Jesus who said, No greater love has a man that he lay down his life for his friend. And Jesus laid down his life for all of his friends and for all of his enemies. It's like no greater love. It's His death on the cross because of love that God has for all of us that is the greatest example of what this love is. And that love is, I would say, not about romance, but about you looking at others with with care for them, that you want what is good them, so much so that you're willing to make sacrifices of your own self in order to bring the good to the other person. You see that in husbands and wives sacrificing for each other, for the other's good. You see this in parents for children a lot, that You know, they put a roof over their head, they provide them food every day, they live, they work, they strive, they do all that stuff for their children. And they should. It's right, and it's good, and it's love. The soldiers in war fighting and risking and sacrificing everything. 
for the love of their other soldiers, but they didn't get there because they loved their fellow soldiers. They got there because they loved the people at home. And they want to go into the places that will help to rescue their friends and family and loved ones at home. It is, it is the way great love operates. Is your voluntary willingness to make a sacrifice for the good of the other. And that is love. And that's how that passage in the New Testament starts. And then it says, wake up. <laughs> wake up, sleeper. Wake up. That's, that's Advent is a big part of that. It says, wake up. It's high time that you wake up. The night is far spent and the day is at, is at hand. Cast off the works of darkness. That is a great Advent message. Wake up. Wake up. We got to get ready. You got to be awake. <laughs> and put on the armor of light. Put on the armor of light, which I, which I love, and I want to talk about that a little bit, but it's... Um, Wake up, put off the works of darkness, and put on the armor of light. So that's what I want to talk about. How that all fits together and how that fits with Advent. How that fits with Advent. As we get started in Advent, we want to make a good beginning. This is going to be one of the longest Advents you will ever have. <laughs> Christmas is on Sunday. You know, we light these we light these candles every Sunday for four Sundays, and then Christmas happens on the on whatever day the twenty fifth is after we light that fourth candle. Well, we're gonna light the fourth candle on a Sunday and it's gonna be all week and then Christmas is on Sunday. So where will you be Saturday night? You'll be right here because we have our Christmas Eve service. That will be great. And there will be a service on Sunday morning for Christmas for this long, long um, Advent. It's like we're beginning a new year in this, when you think about that, putting off the works of darkness and putting on the armor of light. It's like New Year's resolution time. Liturgically, that's what it is. We're beginning a new year. So we're setting the course for what's happening this year. We're going to we like spend a, a whole season getting ready, two seasons actually, you know, with Advent and Christmas, and then we have New Year's and the rest of the world catches up. We're thinking about what's coming. How do we prepare? How do we be wise in our generation? And this armor of light has many parallels, Ephesians 6, 2 Corinthians 6, and you may be familiar with those, but I want to talk to this one. There's a Thessalonians 5, and I want to, because it kind of brings out some things I think that are helpful to us in trying to understand what it is that is in Romans, kind of unpack it a little bit. And this, I'm going to read, it's like the whole, the whole section of 1 Thessalonians 5, starting from 1 to 11. The first one is, um, uh, but as to the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves know well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When the people say there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and there will be no escape. Right? That's the beginning part. But this is where, where I would start with this parallel. Says, but you are not in darkness, brethren, for that day to surprise you like a thief. That's really remarkable. 
you're not intended to be surprised. When the flood came, Noah was rescued, and it was the people that were clueless that were washed away. But we are in the light. I, I had this great example, like, what is the difference about being in the dark or being in the light? This is really profound. It's like so deep theologically. <laughs> is that when it's light, you can see. There it is, right? God has called us into his light, and so we can see. We're not in the dark. So it makes sense we should wake up. <laughs> wake up. You are not in darkness that you should be surprised. <laughs> I'll tell you, <clears throat> Christmas is going to happen on the 25th of December. I know that. It's like Because I'm in the light. It shouldn't come as a surprise. Christmas, and it lasts 12 days. It doesn't come as a surprise to us because we're in the light. We know, we can see. And then it says, as we go on in, in chapter 5, it says just the same. It says, uh, so then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. Time to wake up. Wake up. And it goes on, and I want to I get to this point. It goes on into verse 8. Verse 7 says, For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober and put on the breastplate of faith and love. Breastplate, that's this part. You strap that on. Breastplate of faith and love. Faith is the confidence that we have in the things that are hoped for. That's what we learned in Hebrews. Faith is the confidence of the things that we hope for. And love, I've already told you about love, is the willingness to give of yourself for the good of others. Are you going to go Christmas shopping to buy presents for somebody else? You're going to sacrifice your money to make someone happy. Put on the breastplate of faith and love. And... For a helmet, the hope of salvation. A helmet for the hope of our salvation. We have this confidence that we know that because Christ died for us and was raised from the dead, that we too will be forgiven of our sins and raised to eternal life with him. And I put that helmet on and I put that breastplate on because in the world I'm out there living in, it's my heart and my head that I have to pay attention to to keep me from wandering off into trouble. So this armor of light, my faith, the love I learned to show for others, the helmet of my salvation, allow me to protect myself in a world where the, the devil wants to... Uh, Trip me up, push me down in a hole, and leave me suffering and hopeless. But I'm not going to have any part of it. I want to have on this armor of light that I might see, that I might be prepared and not surprised. So in doing this, I want to say 
that what we are called to do in Advent as we prepare is to pay attention. Pay attention. I mentioned kind of in humor about, you know, get ready for Christmas means you go Christmas shopping to buy presents for other people. And there's a real challenge to that that I'm not sure I've really mastered. And it requires that you pay attention to the person that you want to benefit with the present that you buy. And that it often isn't the price that is what makes the difference. That it is sometimes a matter of were you listening? Were you watching? Can you see what it is that would matter to to the person that you want to give this gift to? And that's what we're called to in Advent. Pay attention. Pay attention. To be young again by getting rid of this baggage. to, To wake up in order to pay attention to those that are around us. So what I want to say for this Advent, as you get ready for this, is that, you know, there's a lot in here about how you need to to clean up your act. (laughs) You need to get yourself in order. And um, that's not the message here. It's in there, right? Because that's a good thing for you. It's a way that you can be young again. And so you should do that. I invite you to do that. I invite you to enter into that kind of a relationship with God that you can be young again and that you can look around at your friends and your family. And I want you to do that. Like Advent season, pay attention to the people that are around you. (laughs) You know, it's okay. So I'm thinking, oh, yeah, you need to pay attention to your family. You need to pay attention to your friends. And then I say, pay attention to those around you. May include some enemies. (laughs) May include some jerks. That'll be a real test for you. Sorry, I'm, I apologize in advance for whatever it is I say or do. Um, <laughs> pay attention to what's going on around you that you might see because you are in the light, that you might make proper sacrifices for your own future and for theirs that would bring the joy that Christmas deserves. So that when the day comes, you will be happy to rejoice and encourage those around you. Sometimes they just need to be encouraged. But I also say encourage them to do the same thing. To see and care for the people around them. To reorient your life toward toward that love for others that God has called us to do and to be. And knowing, knowing that whatever is coming next, right? With Noah, he was wise in his own generation. Noah was prepared for the flood because God was with him, helping and directing him. And whatever may come, we know that God will be with us, caring for us. Because no matter how well or poorly we are able to make sacrifices out of love for those around us, He has set the example, and he's far better, and he hasn't stopped.
and he won't stop. His love is eternal. His love for you. And in that we can rejoice. So Advent, pay attention. Stay in the light. Gather together with your friends and family. And celebrate the coming of Christ. Amen. Amen. Here ends the lesson. (laughs) Please stand and we will continue with the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven and is seated on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. And I believe one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead, in the life of the world to come. Brothers and sisters, as this special season of Advent focuses our mind on the Lord's first coming and his imminent return, let us present to him our needs and the needs of the whole world. That the church will effectively prepare God's people for the return of the Son of Man. Lord, in your mercy, That the government leaders will govern according to the word of God and work tirelessly for justice, which is the foundation of peace. Lord, in your mercy, that Christians will prepare for the Lord's coming by fostering consistent respect for all human life. Lord, in your mercy, that we will remain alert and clothe ourselves in faith and in the deeds of Christ to be prepared for his promised coming. Lord, in your mercy, that the poor and the sick will be comforted and assisted by God's people. Lord, in your mercy, that we will put away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Lord, in your mercy, for our own special intentions. Lord, in your mercy, Rouse us from our sleep and give us the grace to prepare ourselves for Christ's return. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. And with your spirit.
turn and greet your neighbor with the peace of the Lord. Peace of the Lord. Peace of the Lord. Well, okay, for announcements, we want to make a special welcome to our great friends, Bishop Mike and Kathy Davidson here from Kansas City. We're so glad that you're here with us. Amen. It's nice that you have family here, so you come out to visit us more often, so that's a good thing. (laughs) Amen, brother. (laughs) Um, We have the cookie exchange coming up next week. Ladies. Ladies cookie exchange. Okay. Just ladies then. Sorry. (laughs) I've seen your cookies. Just ladies. But a cookie exchange (laughs) next week. And there's a flyer out in the narthex if you have any questions, or you can ask Mia or Debbie. They have more the, uh, more information about what you're supposed to bring, how many dozens of cookies you're supposed to bring, and how that's going to work. Which microphone you want me to use? It's got a lot of ringing. Uh, also, notice on the uh, slide up here, we got besides the ladies' cookie exchange, we have the winter youth retreat coming up. Thomas and Kristen will be looking into that. Uh, it's in February, but you need to start looking into uh, getting on your calendar and talking to them about who's going. You put it on your calendar first. Kids got to put it on the calendar. Parents got to put it on the calendar. All the rest of us have to like figure out how we can invest, contribute. Lots of so fun. Pray about that. Uh, the Viking uh, food box distribution will happen on the 18th of December. Uh, Phil's got uh, a crew that's going to go with him. They go over and they pack up the boxes, and then they bring them here to church so you can pick some up after church, and then we'll have some also for uh, the Monday food distribution. Yeah, let me just say, you know, part of what we do at Christmas season, that, that or Advent, Advent, preparing for Christmas season, is that there's a lot of outreach to the community through food and through toys, and we have every Monday also where we do the food distribution. If there's... Any way you can volunteer for those events, especially during this season, you you will be rewarded, I think, by doing that. Invest in that. Come on up, Eric. I felt like God was just putting it on my heart to really encourage you to pour in in the food ministry. Amen. Uh, this Christmas. Uh, I just, I know in my own family, there's... Uh, Two of my kids needed breakthroughs in their schooling, and they went, instead of just focusing completely on that, they went down here and focused on other people. I know of friends and coworkers who needed breakthroughs in their uh, spiritual life with Christ. They came Amen. down here and were touched. Amen. Um, by, by instead of just going and doing what it is, you know, going to a million Bible studies or what it might be, but focusing on others. 
Amen. Um, and I just I feel like there's a breakthrough for you out there if you want to get involved in something. Pour your life into that. Find out a way to make a way to be there, and pour your life into that food ministry or some one of these one of these things like the Spark of Love or the or the Viking Food Drive. So, and or, and or. <laughs> you can do them all. Yes, if you want to do or be a, a help out on that Viking Food Drive that Sunday morning, talk to Phil and he'll give you more details. But you actually go up to. Uh, somewhere else and put the boxes together they feed you and then you come back and bring the stuff and so you get dispensation you can come to the 730 service i guess if you want to go no, no. <laughs> so anyway so that's what's going on uh and then there's also a slide that talks about the different christmas services that we have uh during the week after so anything else i don't think so stay awake be prepared just as we were, uh, as Father Powell was preaching, I just want to share a quick image that I got. I feel like God's telling all of us during Advent that he's turning on the gas, which is kind of funny because our heater's broken. But the point is, you know, I have a gas fireplace, and when the fire gets down, it's just smoldering. You can kind of see that there's something there. But when you turn that gas on, all of a sudden it roars to life. And I think that's a word for our community here. And we've been seeing the results as people have pressed into the food ministry, as people have gone to the men's retreat, as people have uh, invested in our youth. There's just been such a life happening here. And so I just want to invite you, as Father Powell is saying, prepare, put on the armor of light. It's like Christmas is coming. God is moving. Light is coming to our life. And this is an exciting season. Amen. So press in and let God explode things into activity in your life. Amen? As we prepare to receive the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist, let us respond to God's word by engaging with him in musical worship and present to God our tithes and offerings out of that which God has given to us. Together, through Christ, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. But do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. You are the 
This is the table of the Lord. It is made ready for those who love him and for those who want to love him more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have little. You who have been here often and you have not been here long. You who have tried to follow and you who have failed, come. Because it is the Lord who invites you. It is his will that those who want him should meet him here. Come to the table. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord our God. Father, all-powerful and ever-living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ our Lord. For when he humbled himself to come among us in human flesh, he fulfilled the plan you formed before the foundation of the world to open for us the way of salvation. Confident that your promise will be fulfilled, we now watch for the day when Christ our Lord will come again in glory. And so with all the choirs of angels in heaven, we proclaim your glory and join in their unending hymn of praise. Lord, you are holy indeed, the fountain of all holiness. Let your Holy Spirit come upon the holy, that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he was given up to death, a death he freely accepted, he took bread, he gave you thanks, he broke it, he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup. Again, he gave you thanks and praise. He gave the cup to his disciples and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me.
Let us proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ Christ has died, Christ Christ is risen, and Christ Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread, this saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and serve you. May all of us who share in the body and blood of Jesus be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow in love together with our patriarch, Craig, our bishop, Douglas, and all the clergy. Remember those for whom we now pray. Susan, Naomi, Sonia, Sandra, Karen, Tammy, Denisa, Lori, David, the Burnett family, the House family, Sissy and Karis family, the Marines and sailors of Camp Pendleton, and all those who serve in our armed forces. You can add the names of the people that you're praying for. Draw our hearts to remember the poor and broken. As we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed to become the body of Christ to the world. Have mercy on us all. Make us worthy to share eternal life with the apostles, martyrs, and all the saints. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him, with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Jesus taught us to call God our Father, and so we have the courage to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy upon us. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy upon us. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. The gifts of God for the people of God, take them in remembrance that Jesus died for you and feed on him in your hearts with thanksgiving. Blessed are those who are called to his supper.
Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food and the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who roam throughout the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. As you go out from this place, always remember the gospel, that God was in Christ Jesus, reconciling the world to himself and not counting your sins against you. God loves you. God has forgiven you. God is not mad at you. And God will never leave you nor forsake you. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and those you love and care for now and forever. Amen.